This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. We need some new ones. I, I think we need some new ones. Well, we'll have games. In a couple of weeks. Is it two weeks from tonight? My goodness, it's two weeks from tonight. We're going to have a hockey game on 6.30, Chet. Season opener, Oilers and Canucks. And hopefully the Oilers have some good goals, good saves, and Jack will have some highlight calls that we can put in the intro for Inside Sports. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. As we bring you the second last show of 2020, we will have a live show tomorrow night. It's That's going to be fun getting guests for that show. Hey, you want to go on with Reed Wilkins on New Year's Eve? That's that's people are going to be volunteering for that one. Yeah, for sure. That's <laughs> that's going to be great. <laughs> we may we we may have to. I don't well. I don't know what we're going to do, but I have a feeling people aren't going to be uh, lined up to spend their New Year's Eve with Reed Wilkins. Well, you never know. You never know. I guess it's a quieter New Year's Eve. People can't go out. Maybe you'll all be huddled around your radios. Uh, counting down. We could start this. We could start the six-hour countdown. We'll start the six-hour countdown clock. We'll have it down to four hours by the end of the show. It'll be truly epic. World Juniors, here's what's going on. Finland shuts out Slovakia 6-0. So they're 3-0. Canada's 3-0. The two teams play tomorrow at 4 to determine first place in their pool. Germany leads Switzerland 4-0 in the third Russia and Sweden face off in about 90 minutes at Rogers Place. And then tomorrow, besides Canada, Finland, we have the Czech Republic and Austria, and Sweden and the United States will play the nightcap. Uh, Zdeno Chara going to the Washington Capitals. His tenure ends with the Boston Bruins, so Chara goes to the Capitals. That is going to be very different to see him in a Capitals uniform. Obviously, he'll be going into the Hall of Fame whenever his career is done, well, once he uh, waits the mandatory waiting period, but uh, pretty significant change there as he and it, you know I was talking about the Brandon Escott in the afternoon news you, I, I yeah he was a New York Islander and he and he did play a few seasons with Ottawa but I almost forget about those because he's been with Boston so long and while he's been there Boston has been to three Stanley Cup finals been a contending team every year and he's been one of their top players and one of the best defensemen in the league for most of his time there but he is going to the Washington Capitals looks like a February 5th start for the American Hockey League, details of exactly how things are going to be uh, worked out still to come. Uh, Scott Housen, the former Oilers executive, the former Columbus Blue Jackets GM, now the president of the American Hockey League, he's going to be on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer at about 12.15 tomorrow. So definitely check out that interview. Happy to hear from you tonight, you can call or text 780-496-0063. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And you can email me inside sports at 630chet.com. I've been seeing some chatter and hearing some chatter. And I feel like this comes up every year at this time of year. And it's not, oh my God, I can't eat any more turkey. It relates to the World Juniors. And some of the blowout games. And 
look, 11 nothing, 16 to what was it yesterday? 10 I don't Cody, I don't remember what the Canadian game ended yesterday. I think it was 10 nothing. After a while you kind of stuck. Remember that remember when we went to commercial yesterday and Canada scored two goals during the commercial? Oh yeah, and uh you so, might not have been paying attention. But so that's uh, yeah, I I think well I think Canada scored just as we were going to commercial yeah. and then you were like, "Hey, they just scored." So I gave a score that was a few seconds old and then they scored again during the break. So I've, I've seen, and we'll talk about this more with Rob Brown about these blowout games in the tournament, and he played in it, and, and he was on the team after the, the punch-up team, and they had some lopsided games. And Are there too many teams in the tournament? And you know what? There are, but I, I don't think it's, it's going to change. They expanded from 8 to 10 in the 90s because they went to this the, the, the pool play. And... I, I just I just don't think they're ever going to change it. And I realize it's not perfect. I feel like personally, this is the kind of thing I used to really debate and get upset about. I'm kind of past that. I'm just tournaments are tournaments. The best teams are going to win. The good games will be the good games. Yeah, is it compelling to watch a game that's 11 nothing or 16-2 or whatever? No. Did I feel a little bad for the... Uh, from the uh, for the Germans when Canada's beating them that bad and they were undermanned, yeah, sure. But I, I don't know if the double IHF is going to restructure the tournament because of that. I, I think we have to face a reality about the World Junior Tournament, and this is. And I know some Canadians get really mad. It's, it's, it's some, certainly not all, but I, I have I have got this reaction in the past when I've said this. I don't know if I've talked about it much on air, but. This is not a knock against Hockey Canada. This is not a knock against the Canadian players and coaches. This isn't a criticism of Hockey Canada or the good teams in the tournament because I think it's great Canada is a hockey power and consistently excels at this event and showcases the next generation of stars in the NHL. But I do think that we have to recognize with the World Juniors, there is a very harsh reality about the tournament. It is a five or six team tournament that has 10 teams. Some years it's only a four team tournament. Like there are really only four teams that even have a shot at the gold medal. It's not a deep tournament. It never has been. It's, is it a little deeper than it was in the eighties? I don't know, maybe, but, but then again, they've added nine to the ninth team and the 10th team instead of just having eight when Rob played. So do I think they should tear down the field? I don't know why. Like, at least it gives those teams, the countries that aren't usually as good, something to shoot for, something to compete for. And there are still, every once in a while, there's an upset. Or Slovakia hangs in there against Canada, like they did the other night. So I don't think that the tournament structure is is flawed. I, I, I don't think they should reduce the field. I just think we have to accept that there are going to be blowouts. And, and like I said, Canada is usually going to be a contender. The States now, I think, is usually going to be a contender. Sweden obviously hasn't lost a pool game in 13 years or whatever it's up to now. And then, you know, some years, Russia's not always good anymore, I don't think. Slovakia, Czech Republic, they're sometimes in the middle tier. They're sometimes in the top tier. Then you have teams that are playing to avoid relegation. So I, I think that's just as much as we celebrate the World Juniors and it's fun to watch, it's it's not a deep tournament and it is not an overly competitive tournament except for the top four or five teams. I don't think that needs to be changed. 
Um, but, but I think we just have to realize that we can celebrate the tournament and realize that that's probably what it is and probably what it will, will always be. Anyway, uh, a special day here in Oilers and NHL history. Gretzky got 50 and 39 on this day in 1981. Doug Hicks played in that game. He's coming up next. Clark shoulder in the corner, fired it in front. Here is an empty net chance for Gretzky with five seconds. He's moving in. Yeah, pretty amazing. And uh, that call back in the day on ITV, they used to broadcast the Oilers games. Not every game was on TV like now, kids. And that was uh, Tim Dancy speaking, unfortunately, of people who we lost this year. Tim uh, passed away during the, uh, the the postseason, and he was doing the play-by-play for that game. Got to briefly work at Tim uh, a few years ago when he joined us at Chorus Radio, and that's uh, certainly one of his most memorable calls and one of the most memorable moments in Oilers and I think in hockey history for a guy to score 50 in 39 games. 50 and 50 was the plateau. Richard had done it. Bossy had done it. And then Gretzky comes along and says, yeah, I can do it before the new year. No problem. As the, the Oilers improved to 25-8 and six with that victory and a guy who was an oiler at that time and uh, on the on the oilers that night as they beat philadelphia 7-5 so gretzky needed all five goals he got in that game doug hicks checks in tonight hey doug how are you doing <laughs> i'm doing great reed uh thanks very much for the call and uh here you are trying to trying to uh, uh, jog the memory banks of a of an old hockey player but uh but yeah, that sure uh, that sure resonates uh, all these years later, definitely. Yeah, a, a typical tight checking seven five game from the <laughs> from the nineteen eighties. But be, before we exactly. get to that night, I mean, obviously, even though Wayne was still quite young at the time, we knew his talent. We knew what a prolific scorer he was. I I, I don't know if before that year anybody thought he was going to get fifty and thirty nine. Do you remember anything about? Was he more determined to be a scorer? Was was he just maybe, you know, some shots that usually didn't go in were, were going in? Or what was his mindset like that year? No, you know, uh, you know, Reed, he just, uh, he had a, a an all-around game. You know, I, I don't mean uh, the 200-foot game like they say nowadays. Like, you know, his defense, of, his defense was, was uh, you know, a bit suspect. But uh, but he he prided himself in, in setting up you know, his teammates and, you know, guys like me coming up out of nowhere and, and all of a sudden the puck's on my stick and, uh, you know, I, I, I figure I better shoot it because if Gretz gave it to me, uh, there's got to be an empty net. So, so he, you know, he was, he was proud on, 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 on that part that he could help his team. But yeah, he just found that he was getting so much more room, at, you know, because of his assists that they weren't, you know, really going okay Gretz is more of a, a helper you know he's, he's he's getting all these assists maybe uh, maybe he's not a shooter and then you know then all of a sudden boom he starts uh, firing these little knuckleballs in uh, with that crazy jopa stick that he had uh, one of the goals uh, I was just looking at it uh, a little while ago you know it, it went over um, who, who was the who, I can't remember the goal he was because uh, it was all 
a bit of a blur, but, you know, this knuckleball goes flying in over his shoulder. You know, it wasn't any laser like, uh, like, uh, Connor has or anything, but, uh, but yeah, he, he, uh, kind of developed into that, uh, just because of his all around talent. Doug Hicks joining us tonight on Inside Sports. So this December December thirtieth, um, he got the, that that goal we played again. Just to remind people, and I know we have some listeners who uh, or maybe weren't alive for that. And by the way, the game was in color; it wasn't in black and white. But he got that, yeah. he got that one into an empty net with three seconds left in the game to get to 50 and everybody went crazy. And I think all of you guys came off the bench. What, what do you remember about the actual moment? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, they, um, you know, because it was a, the game was what six five at that time, so they were pulling. Uh, they pulled the goaltender, figured, you know, let's let's uh, tie it up, and and Gretz uh, was able to uh, to slide out there, and I think it was maybe was that Bill Barber was back, and I think so. The, the, that was the Flyers of the Cooper Alls, and I think he slid down to block the shot and and slid right out of right out of uh, the the picture, and, and Gretz said that. Uh, that empty netter, but, uh, but yeah, back in, uh, back in those days, um, uh, you know, there was a, you, you couldn't clear, clear the bench bench to, uh, to, to celebrate or, or anything, you know, because of back in those days, a bit of the brawls and stuff. So they put some rules in, you know, that, uh, you know, if there was any kind of bench clearing and, uh, so yeah, when that went going and we all piled onto the ice and I'd kind of forgotten through the, all this, you know, just, you know, mayhem of, of goals and, you know, just this crazy night that I had been on the goal sheet. So I'm, I'm sitting to myself going, I didn't assist on any of those goals. Um, you know what? I want to get on this score sheet. This is history. So, uh, when, uh, when we got called for a bench minor, um, and I said to Slats, I looked up, I was just Slats, I'll go serve that. He goes, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, <laughs> so I, I slid across the ice, uh, you know, thinking, okay, here I am going to be on the game sheet, not knowing that I'd had a tripping penalty in the first period. And as I looked back on the game sheet, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Cheap. Years later, I see not my name for that ten-minute misconduct, but just just game game uh, or a bench minor or bench major actually ten-minute penalty. So I, I pulled twelve minutes of penalties out of that game. So, <laughs> well, I got good news for you because I brought up the summary on hockey-reference.com, and thanks yeah. to the magic of the internet, you got a tripping penalty at one fifteen of the first period. So yeah. you know, good start, Doug. You want you want a hot hot start for your team, and then they but yeah, they yeah, do. I might, been, I might have been in the box when they scored the because they scored the first goal, right? 
Yeah, you, they, you guys yeah. killed it off. They scored a little oh, bit okay, after you right, came right, off. Right. You probably got stuck with the minus. Maybe you came out right <laughs> yeah. when it. Yeah. But they, yeah. but Hockey Reference does have your name. It doesn't just have team uh, oh, oh, team penalty. Okay. It actually has your name leaving the players penalty right. bench. I yeah. think that's on the internet. Read. I, I think I saw an actual copy. Somebody took a picture of the actual copy from maybe the maybe the Hockey Hall of Fame. And it just has it just has bench minor or bench major or something on the bottom of it. So, but I did have it on there. So, like, <laughs> so I, I think I'm wondering. I'm wondering after the game, and I think you guys had to go to Vancouver the next night and play. So, was there anything? Uh, was there anything special done? Was there you know a moment for for Wayne or anything like that, or was it like okay, we got to pack up and, and get to the airport? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, you know it, it was you know at the end, you know, coming on with the new year, and uh, you know everybody was kind of you know um, you know thinking more about the new year and. And really, Reed, you know, like I was saying, you know, this this was becoming very natural, <laughs> you know, that, you know, this was this was very exceptional, but very natural for Wayne to, to pull these things out. So it was like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, five goals to get to, 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 to 50 and 39. Yeah, yeah, let's head to Vancouver. And I think we can have a New Year's party when we're there in Vancouver. And, uh, and uh, you know, we'll give them a high five and move on from there. So, so yeah. You know, back, you know, there was no, uh, there was no, uh, you know, huge, you know, crazy thing going on. We knew it was uh, exceptional, definitely. But, uh, but yeah, it was getting kind of, <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, something that, uh, that, that Gretz was doing on a daily basis. So. Well, he wound up with 92, and I can also remember the game February 24th, 82, where he passed the the 76 goal record. But I think that mm-hmm. had been Esposito's. And this is yeah, the yeah. the great thing about Gretzky. I mean, he, he obviously got a ton of points, but flair for the dramatic, like the empty netter with time winding down against Philly. And then when he breaks the record in Buffalo, you guys are in a three three tie. And Gressy just says, "Oh, I'll get a natural hat trick in the last uh, six mm-hmm. minutes to break the record." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I know, I know. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was getting that way exactly uh, that way. Now, if I'm if I'm thinking correctly, the night before he got the fifty and thirty nine, did he not hit a hundred points, or or uh, just before that? Oh, you know what? I didn't look into that. So the, the yeah, previous you know, game I was December twenty seventh against Los Angeles. I think he hit a hundred points his... that night. And then You're... and then the next and then against Philly at home, and then he hit the uh, fifty and thirty nine. So one hundred and five points in in thirty in thirty nine games, I think. If I'm not, if I'm correct, remember, yeah, back, I, remember you're talking to an old hockey player that didn't wear a helmet for a while. So. <laughs> well, and the previous game against the Kings, he, you guys won ten three, and he had four goals, so he had nine goals oh. in two games. And by the uh, way, yeah, you right, score yeah. you scored a power play goal against the Kings, so there you go. Ah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Dave Lumley and I were just uh, chatting about that the, the other day. You know that um, we were back in those first three years that I was here, and uh, the first four years, like Lumber and I uh, with Gretz, uh, Mess. And um, I forget who else. We were the number one power play unit for a while. Lummer had a thing. He would get the draw from Gretz. He would kind of do a little 
backhand pass to me and I would step into the middle and yeah, I picked up a few power play goals that way. That might've been, you know, looking back on it, that might've been one of those ones. <laughs> nice. Oh, Doug, I, I always love having you on the show because you, you got great memories and you're a great storyteller. Let, let's let people know what you're up to these days before we let you go. Well, uh, Reed, uh, you know what? I thank you and Brownie for uh, plugging my store back in St. Albert when we were doing those pregame shows, and I hope we can do those uh, again. Uh, you know, in the next little while, uh, when everything uh, clears up around uh, the old COVID stuff. But uh, I, um, I've been out of uh, that uh, St. Albert wine store now for the last year. I am uh, kind of in uh, semi-retirement. I work in the summers at Victoria Golf Course. So uh, if you want to come on down, I'll be down there working uh, next summer. So a nice seasonal thing. And I'm also staying in the wine business. I work for a buddy of mine at Bin 104 down on the south side. So we had a real, we had a real rush through uh, Christmas and uh, looking forward to a little quieter January here. So thank you very much for uh, bringing that up. Yeah. Doug, thanks for checking in. Thanks for taking us back to the 50 and 39. All the best to you and your family. Happy New Year. Thank you very much, sir. That is Doug Hicks. He had to, He went and served the penalty for the Oilers leaving the bench to celebrate Krisky's big goal. Rob Brown coming up. Things are really interesting right now at Rogers Place. 24 seconds left. Germany leading Switzerland. 5-4. I gave the score at the start of the show and it was 4-0 for Germany. The Swiss got a couple to cut it to 4-2. Germany scored to go up 5-2 and it looks like, okay, it's over. And then a German player got a major penalty with 2-0-1 left in the game. So it's a power play for the Swiss until the game ends, unless they take a penalty. And they have scored twice. So it's now 5-4 with 24 seconds left. Germany took a couple of long shots at the empty net and missed. Of course, they can't be called for icing because they're shorthanded. So this, uh, it looked like, is going to be a relatively smooth win for Germany, has now become very, very interesting. Uh, I like... Uh, this text I got here, I'm not sure uh, if you want to put a name or a, or a handle you want to be known as on your text. I always appreciate that. But this person says, because I was talking earlier in the show that some people are complaining about the blowouts in the tournament. And I, I don't think the format should be changed. I think every hockey country in the world would want to be in the top division with Canada and the States and Russia, even if though, even if you might get pounded a few games. This texter says, so those people who think the format should be changed, they're being disrespectful to the young men. We're talking about teams with high first round picks. You should not feel sorry for them for being beat. It's a tournament. Canada has to play their best nonstop till the tourney is over. Teams like Germany earn the right to represent their country. And Tim Stutzel for Germany might be the best player in this tournament. I know the Canadian players and some other teams have higher point totals because they've scored all these goals, but Stutzel's an outstanding player. So if Germany, like if you reduce this to a six-team tournament, Germany's probably not in it. And then Stutzel's not in it. He, he should be in this tournament. I mean, maybe his team's going to lose. And Switzerland almost scores on a goal melt scramble. They're going to have a face-off with 17 seconds left in the third. Rob Brown is uh, on the line, who, of course, played in that tournament and is our Inside the Game analyst for Oilers broadcast here on 6-3 Chet. Hey, Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Reed. How are you? 
Good, good. Are you able to have this uh, game on, or were you just catching my recap there? I was catching your recap. I saw the score when it went to 5-2, so I just came upstairs to get away from my family so it's not too loud. So now I'm afraid to go back down and turn the game on, but it does sound exciting. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens here. And this is, uh, well, I guess, yeah, I mean, if, if Switzerland won, they would not knock Germany down, I think, even if they won in regulation. But Germany clears it, and it looks like they're going to win. But certainly got pretty tense there for a while. Anyway, how, how, have, you been, how have you been doing? How was how your Christmas? Did you uh, eat a lot of turkey and other things? We did. It was, it was a good Christmas. My son uh, goes to school in B.C., as you know, he was home for a month over the Christmas holidays, and uh, it was nice having him home. And it was it was a different Christmas. Normally, we have lots of family around, and there's lots of you know parties and stuff to go with friends and everything. And this year was just the family hanging out together. We've done lots of outdoor skating and tobogganing and cross country skiing and game nights and cards. So it's been a completely different Christmas, but one that uh, we're certainly going to remember for a lot of reasons. But one that we got to spend a lot of time just with our family. Yeah. Uh, yes, somebody writing in the, the 50-50 for the World Juniors. You do have to live in Alberta. It, it is for Alberta residents. And don't forget, tomorrow the pot will start at half a million dollars. Germany does win first time ever. They're going to be in the playoff round at the World Juniors. So, so, so good for them. They did lose a game 16-2. There have been 10-0, 11-0. And there usually are some blowouts at this tournament. I'm looking back to the year you played. Uh, you won games 9-1, 8-1. The Soviets beat West Germany, as it was at the time, 12-2. Uh, there was an 11-1 game. What What is your, how do you handle, and how would you handle it now if, say, you were a coach? How do you handle a game where it's like, okay, there, there's no way we're going to lose. We're pounding the snot out of this team. Um, I think you want to be respectful, but you also don't want to tell guys, well, don't shoot, because to me, that's embarrassing to the other team, too. It is. You you would go out and you'd play your game, and especially early in the game, you want to set the tone. You want to put the game out of reach. You want to, uh, You never want to allow them to feel that there's an opportunity for an upset. So you, you go as hard as you can early and try to build up that big lead and, and play a game as though you're playing the Russians or playing the Swedes or playing the Americans. Once you get the lead, then you start rolling lines and you start, everyone gets to play in the power play. Everyone gets the penalty kill. You play all four lines, all, all six or seven defense, whatever you got dressed, but you can't change the way you play because you need good habits. Cause after you play that game, the next night you might be playing against one of the powerhouses. Uh, you got to remember this is a short tournament with players just learning to play on lines with each other, learning to play as a defensive pairing, learning how to talk and communicate with your goaltender uh, for dumping and things. So if you get away from the, the simple things in the game, the important things in the game, and start to get lazy in those, it'll creep into the games when you start playing better teams. I guarantee you, every single team that is at this tournament, whether they uh, go 0-5 and lose every game by 10 goals, they're having uh, the time of their life. This is a dream come true for the players from Slovakia, from Germany, from Switzerland, uh, the, the lesser light teams in, in the world. They play in a tournament and win in that tournament to get a chance to come here. So, as you, and you were talking that, you know, Stutzel might be the best player in, in the world right now at this age of this tournament. And they, he wouldn't be here if you cut this down to a six or an 18 tournament. Uh, every once in a while, there is an upset. 
no one saw was it the Czechs to beat the Russians the other day. That's, that, that doesn't happen. It shouldn't happen. But there always is going to be an opportunity for uh, an upset. You can't have these great um, miracles unless there's a team that's supposed to win and a team that's supposed to lose. So I have no problem. You do not rub it in when you are winning. You do not celebrate after the 7th, 8th, and 9th, 10th goals. But you certainly continue to play the game the way it's supposed to be played. And the other team will have more respect for you if you continue to play that way. Well, and, and and remember too, and you know, people can Google this. Like like I said, there are lower divisions of the World Juniors. It goes all the. I think there like there's a second division, and then I think because this is top division, then there's Division One, then there's two A, two B, three A, and three B. So like if you're sitting there in Division three A, you would love to have the opportunity to lose a game twelve nothing and. <laughs> the top division because then at least you're in the top 10 in the world. So I I agree. I I mean, I think, like you said, the Canadians stopped doing the fly by the bench after a while. And, but, but there's a point too where, like, like I said, you can't tell guys not to shoot or make sure you pass 20 times before you shoot. I did feel bad for the Germans. I know you often played on good teams, but I'm sure you've been on the other side of it or you've (laughs) coached kids who've been on the other side. Like when you're just getting crushed, what can you do on the bench? Are, are you just praying it in soon? Do you try to say, okay, let's win a five-minute section of a period, or what can you do? Well, it depends on what, what level you're at. When I played pro hockey and we started losing, it's, it's a matter of pride. We talk about it on the bench. Let's have pride. Let's, let's win the next shift. Let's get out of this period. Let's win a period. Uh, and, and you make small, short-term goals because you know, I mean, a lot of the times you knew when you went on the ice game, we got no chance in this hockey game today. So you break it into small little segments so that you try and win those segments and you get these moral victories. When you coach kids, uh, I remember when my son was on teams that were horrible, we would say, okay, guys, you know what? If you guys don't get scored on this shift, everybody gets Dairy Queen after the game. And we did little we did little goals like that. Or we'd have the kids. I remember we were losing one game 16 nothing. The little girl on the team turned around and asked who was winning. So they weren't really as focused on the game and the score. So it was a lot more fun. Um, But the problem in this one here is the German team, I mean, they're missing nine players. Well, that's another thing, right? That's another thing. Between the the quarantine and the players that got sick, players that have been left behind, this is a weird World Juniors to start with because not every team has their best team here. And I don't know if any team does because of the players that have been left behind for different reasons. And then you get here and, I mean, Germany was quarantined. They couldn't practice, couldn't do anything. Then they're missing eight or nine players and they're playing. And they, as the way it, way it works is usually in these tournaments, you play the, the stronger teams, play the weaker teams early. So Germany had right out of the bat have to play against the, the best teams in the tournament and they're missing eight, nine players. I mean, there, there's zero chance. And you could see, and it's funny, I, I, I read a thing. I'm thinking, okay, why wouldn't they, maybe change the schedule. And I guess Germany had a chance to push a game back. Yeah. But they knew, they said, you know what? We're probably going to lose that game anyways. Our big game is against Switzerland. So they wanted the extra day rest. So they took the beating early in the tournament so they get the extra day rest so they could win this game so that they can go on to play in the quarterfinals and it worked for them. Yeah, well, and they won two games, right? Because they won an overtime game as well. So oh, I think... Too, yeah. So they've actually, they're going to finish third. They're going to, it's Germany and Finland will play for, or pardon me, Canada and Finland will play for first place tomorrow. Germany finishes with five points in four games. Slovakia finishes with four. 
and Switzerland didn't get any. So that's, yeah, I mean, you can talk about 16-2 all we want, I guess, but Germany finished after Canada and Finland. So good for them. Russia and Sweden's coming up uh, tonight, so that'll be a fun one to watch too. Rob Brown checking in tonight on Inside Sports. Lots of uh, Oilers news over the last few days. Ethan Bear gets the new contract. Uh, Slater Cuckoo is signed as a depth defenseman. And I do want to ask you about one player, because, uh, I, I mean, I talked about him a, a lot because, uh, you know, I used to watch him play junior and junior B in the AJHL. And then he, he, he made a way for himself in the NHL and he helped the Oilers make the playoffs that year. I, I mean, look, I know he wasn't one of the stars, but he found a role on the team. And that's Mark Letestu who announced his retirement on the weekend. And good for him. He had a, he had a heck of a career. He, he really did. And there's certain players that come in the National Hockey League that are pegged in certain roles. Uh, okay, here's where you, okay, you're this goal scorer in junior, you're going to come, you're going to do that here in the NHL. Okay, you're this big, tough defense. Okay, that's what your role is when you come here. There's other players that play junior or college, and they were one type of player there, but when they get to the National Hockey League, you know, that, I mean, I was a goal scorer here, but this team already has the three, the top two lines. Now i got to be able to uh, reimagine myself or reinvent myself and accept that if I want to play the National Hockey League. And I think Mark Letestu was that kind of player. He was, you know, a very good offensive player in junior. But when he got up to the National Hockey League, he reinvented himself to be a a very good fourth, third, fourth liner, a guy that can move up and down the lineup, a guy that can win face-off. And when he was with the Oilers, they were desperate for a guy that could take a one-timer, which is funny with the number, the amount of talent they had on this team. But he's a right-hander that could one-time the puck. And he had a, a fantastic year, and you're right. He was one of the reasons that the Oilers were a playoff team. For, for the, and we've seen over the number of years with the Oilers, you can have all the stars you want on your team, and the Oilers have got some, some of the best, if not the best. But if your role players don't accept and excel in their role positions, your team's not going to have success. And that's happened the last couple of years. When Mark was here, he knew what his role was. He was very good at his role, accepted his role, and because of that, he gave the Oilers some depth in a position they needed. Well, and that leads well into our next topic. Dave Tippett was on with Bob yesterday and said he, he likes, uh, he thinks they have more skill than they've had in the past. On paper, they're certainly deeper. And I'm not saying they're deep enough necessarily to, to win a cup. I think we'll see. They still have to prove it. But you hope with Turris, Archibald, Ennis coming back, um, you know, I know Chase on and Neil maybe aren't going to have to play as high in the lineup as they have at times since they've been Oilers. Pulley RV, to me, he's still a wild card, but he's a maybe. Um, I, I mean, you, you hope. You, you just hope there are some options because ultimately that's when the games have swung against the Oilers. It's when McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nuge aren't on the ice. Dominic Cahoon, I didn't mention as him. Like, how how do you feel? Like, clearly they're deeper. Do you, do you have a sense of... Is, is is it enough? I'm just wondering where you sit on that, Rob. Well, I think it's a start. I think we've gone into pre-seasons with the Oilers where you knew exactly where everyone was slated. And if one or two or three of those players didn't work out, well, they didn't have a plan B. And we go back a couple of years ago when, when Yamamoto, and who was the other winger that they had? They had all these young... Oh, Raddy. Raddy, yeah. So all of a sudden, and Pooley RV yeah. too. And Pooley RV yeah. too. So, so there's your. That was your top three right wingers. None have proved at the National Hockey League level that they could produce. And you're going to be playing with a dry settle, a Nugent Hopkins or a McDavid, and it didn't work. But now you've got guys that have uh, 
produced at the National Hockey League level, has have been have played in all different positions. So now there's competition. There's rarely competition for for top six or top nine, for that matter, in the National Hockey League when you go into a training camp. Team, teams usually have their lineup set in stone, and you're really looking at your you know your 11th, 12th, 13th forwards. Well, the Oilers have got guys that. You know what? If, if if Yamamoto gets a slow start, if he, I know he had a fantastic regular season last year. Playoffs, he wasn't as strong. Does he have a sophomore jinx? Now all of a sudden, a, a chase on or a Neil can bump up there very quickly. Pulleyarby, you know, you got him slotted in at the third line. Is this when he finally re- becomes to realize his talent? Can he go back up and play in the top six? Akahun has shown that he can play in the top six. He's done it in, in Chicago. Can he? find magic with Leon Dreisel. If not, we've got other guys that have played there before. So I, I do believe the Oilers are much better depth-wise up, up front. I think that I, I don't know a whole lot about that cuckoo, but I, I do remember him in the playoffs last year and was quite impressed with him. So you got a depth play there. The, the biggest question mark, again, unfortunately, is going to be goaltending. And if they get good to above-average goaltending, then this is a team that's going to be a playoff team that could win a round or two, and then who knows. Uh, but I think it's still going to come down to goaltending. They need consistent goaltending because I, as much as they are better offensively, I'm not sure without Clefbaum and without Sheehan, who was absolutely incredible on the PK. I don't think their PK is going to be as good this year simply because they were so good last year, and they're not going to be as good defensively without Clefbaum. Can the goaltending make up for those differences? Yeah, I, I think that's fair. But hopefully, if they're better five on five, maybe they're not shorthanded as much. But maybe, maybe, you know, but I'm kind of maybe stretching that a little bit. But we'll see. Well, it's true. I mean, they they've got to be a better five on five team uh, because teams are going to. I mean, we're playing against the others. Just don't take penalties. If they can't get on the power play, they can't beat us. And I'm sure a lot of teams thought that throughout the regular season. So the others have got to be better five on five, and hopefully, with the additions they have up front. They are, and hopefully they don't have to overtax their star players. It's going to be tough this year, playing more or less every second night in this shortened season. You can't overplay your best players because they don't get time to rest. You have to have other players that can step up in big situations and help you win hockey games. Yeah, for sure. Well, Rob, we got a game two weeks from tonight. It's going to be fun, buddy, and training camp starts on Sunday. Thanks a lot for checking in. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Take care, Reed. That is uh, Rob Brown, our Inside the Game analyst for Oilers broadcast here on uh, 630 Chet. Uh, Dirk texting in, and yeah, I'd acknowledge this as well. This is the uh, anniversary from 1986 of that uh, Swift Current Broncos bus crash that uh, obviously uh, cost four lives and is still remembered to this day. So yeah, Dirk, thanks for uh, writing in about that uh, as well. We certainly remember that. 780-496-0063. If you would like to call or text, Gene Principe is coming up. It's Inside Sports on Chet. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Germany in the playoffs for the first time at the World Juniors. They actually finished third in their five-team pool behind only Canada and Finland, who will play for first place tomorrow. Uh, It was tough for Germany. They were up 4-0, wound up winning 5-4 against the Swiss. Dramatic finish. Germany took a late major penalty, and Switzerland got a couple on that and had a couple of chances to possibly tie it. But Germany does hang on for the win. Don texting in tonight. He says, Reed, wishing you a happy and healthy 2021. 
one request, don't be so hard on my Maple Leafs in 2021. Don, I make no promises. None. But I appreciate that you listen to the show. Leafs are going to be good. I mean, there's there's, there's no doubt about it. Um, do I, Am I convinced the Leafs are going to finish first in the Canadian division? Actually, I am not. And that's not a knock on, on them. Because I do think they're going to be in the top four. Um, I, I mean, look, I, I will say this about the Leafs. I mean, Tyson Berry played pretty well after the coaching change. And I, like I know Morgan Riley, still have Morgan Riley, but they don't have Tyson Berry, who's who's a pretty good player. I mean, to me, that's a little bit of the edge of the Oilers in terms of how that player transaction went down. But I, I get it. The Leafs have some awesome high-end talent. They still have a pretty good goaltender. And, uh, you know, they appear to have bought into Sheldon Keefe as a head coach. So I, I do think the Leafs will be in the playoffs. I, I, I'm not convinced they're going to finish first, though. And I certainly don't think they're going to go 42-8-6 and six, as somebody uh, prognosticated. I mean, 42 wins over 82 games is actually pretty good. You usually make the playoffs with 42 wins. Um, so I don't know if getting 42 wins in 56. Like, I mean, Don, is you're a Leafs fan. Wouldn't you crap your pants to be blunt if they won 42 and 56 games? Not to get too personal with that type of a question, Don. Anyway, 780-496-0063. It is Bob Layton's final day of work tomorrow. That is amazing. He uh, He's doing the morning news run. He's going to do his final editorial comment. And he is going to be a guest on the morning show. He will sit down with Shea Ganim after the 8 o'clock news. Uh, over 50 years in radio for Bob Layton, 49 of them at Ched. And uh, I remember listening to Bob Layton read the news on Ched when I was a kid. He'd, uh, he'd be on in the morning. Ched played the popular music of the day at the time I'd be uh, on the bus going into school and Bob would come on with his newscasts. He's been going strong ever since, but he's uh, finally hanging it up, moving on to uh, retirement tomorrow. Uh, man, talk about finality. And uh, so it's going to be his, his final day, final editorial comment. Curious to see what that's going to be about. And uh, yeah, definitely catch him after the eight o'clock news with Jay Gannam. All right, 780-496-0063 if you would like to call or text. Gene Princepay is coming up. Kevin wants to know if Gene Princepay has his Alfonso Davies soccer jersey yet. I'll try to remember to ask that. We'll also talk to Trevor Harris tonight, quarterback for the Double E football team. He approached the team about restructuring his comment, uh, his contract. They did that. We'll, uh, we'll ask him why. We'll see what else he's been to uh, up to in the offseason. Back after the news. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.